0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Have you always wanted to publish a book, but aren't sure where to start? At Troubadour Publishing, we help authors bring their book to life through Matador, our self-publishing imprint, offering a range of services including editing, cover design, typesetting, marketing, distribution, ebooks and audiobooks. With our flexible services, authors can choose the services that best suit their project, working with a friendly team of publishing professionals who carry out all work in-house to the highest quality. Rated the number one UK self-publishing services provider by the independent publishing magazine, Matador can help with all aspects of the publishing process. Whether you're looking to publish a printed book, an e book, an audio book, or all three. www.troubadour.co.uk
0: Welcome to The Shapes of Stories, a podcast with me, Lawrence Prestige, as your host. Stories come in all shapes and sizes, whether it be from our favourite books, our life experiences or the day-to-day challenges and issues we face in the world today. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Shapes of Stories podcast with me, Lawrence Prestige. And yeah, got a really exciting episode for you guys today. As I'm joined by Joe Joyner. I suppose you would know her best as Tanya in EastEnders. But um, it was great talking to um, Joe about so many different things. Talking about how she's been doing homeschooling and during this COVID time, uh, we've been talking about some of the other TV shows she's worked on. I've talked about some of what she what she does in her free time as well, and some of the stuff that she enjoys to watch on television as well. But it was really great to kind of. Learn about Joe's career, how she got into acting, her experience on EastEnders, and yet yeah, just a really nice person to talk to. And she just lives down the road as well, which is always handy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so without further ado, um, really nice to talk to Joe. And um, here it is, my chat with Joe Joyner. How, how's uh, your year been? This crazy. Well, I say twenty. twenty twenty one now. Well, I would say twenty twenty, but we're still kind oh, of it's not kind of all ongoing.
1: <laughs> there hasn't been much of this year yet, has there? Um, no. But it is looking too similar to last year for my liking. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how about the homeschool then? I guess you're doing that now as well, right?
1: I am, but you know, oh, I'm really on a blessed end for that. So don't get me wrong; it doesn't always go smoothly, but. My two are 11, so they're in year six, last year of primary school, Um, and uh, I've got two of them, and they're learning the same stuff. So that has definitely got to be easier than some of my friends who've got three in three different years, and you know, uh, they can they can use the same device and they can get the same lot going, and so it means that I just have to start them off with one big lot, and you know, and they've got each other. I was talking to my friend the other day; she's got one child, you know, and I think that must be really demanding because in its own way just because they've got to occupy them all the time you know my two when they have a break they just I throw them outside and they run (laughs) about in the garden and you know occupy themselves they're old enough to so I can't really complain about that. I mean, they would probably complain because my math skills definitely aren't really up to scratch. Oh,
0: the same. <laughs> I hated maths at school. But I always think they always make it ridiculously a bit too hard, especially when you're at secondary school. Never in my life since secondary school has anyone said, you know what? Can you find x for us? X squared equals y. Well, never had to know this- that.
1: <laughs> this is it I mean do you know what I actually weirdly enough I did enjoy maths because I had an amazing teacher at Warner. Um, but he uh, and he made it like magic and I was good at the the weird complicated maths and the algebra and Pythagoras and all that I was good at but I was rubbish at timetables and stuff because we were just this weird year our generation they decided that because they'd invented calculators we wouldn't need to know how to do our times tables or anything like that so they just didn't you know, enforce it. So yeah. uh, you know, on your basic maths, I'm pretty useless.
0: And so it was, you went to Warwiner school? I know, yeah, Warana. Mm. Is that where you went? Oh yeah. Is that they still have the farm they had the farm there when you were uh, They had
1: the, farm, the, the there. farm it was very rural. We had the yeah. farm and we had um the gypsies joined us for about three months of the year when they were passing through. It was very <laughs> rural. Yeah and it was great. It was a great place. I enjoyed yeah. it.
0: That's cool. As, as, so how have you been doing over this year yourself, in yourself and, you know, I guess emotionally and, you know, and all that? And has it been, has it took its toll on you at all this year? Have you just sort of took it in your stride?
1: No. Do you know what? I am a really positive person. Mm-hmm. Um, and even I have struggled at times. And, yeah. you know, and I think to myself, if I'm struggling, then, you know, mm. a lot of people must be really struggling because I am, like I said, I'm in, I'm in a good place in that i you know, I'm in the countryside, I've got access to walks really easily, I've got a family that will get on and we all live in a, a house where we can find our own space, you know, so really it should, you know, I'm on the list of people that should be able to keep my pecker up but, but um, you know, I'm finding it hard and I think, God, if, if I was living in a flat with two under four and, you know, tearing my hair out, I, I just can't imagine what some people must be going through. So I, I I am quite aware of mental health and have been since uh, one of my friends had a breakdown when we were about 17 or 18 years old. So it has been part of my life in a way that it perhaps hasn't for everybody. And Mm -hmm. so, um, so I know what is important. And I knew the minute we went into lockdown in March, I knew what was going to be important for my family to keep everybody's strength and positivity up, you know? So um, I kind of went into a bit of an overdrive, I like a mission. And yeah. since I couldn't, I, you know, I couldn't work, my industry was was closed down at the time. Um, uh, I thought, well, this is my work. My work is keeping my husband and my kids all going and my family safe. So um, when we first went into homeschooling, I just said to the kids, you know, it's really important that we know when the weekend is, I know this from being an out-of-work actor as well you know (laughs) if you're not careful you just kind of you lie about you drink too much you know it becomes what we used to call when we were students a weekendless life
0: Mm. everything
1: is just endless and you don't you know there's nothing really to celebrate because there is nothing happening again today um and that is a real slippery slope I think for anybody's mind so um I said to the kids so I'm not going to drink until Fridays and Saturdays. What is there that you really enjoy that you could do, but save it till Friday and Saturday? You know, so Fred was like, well, Fanta Orange, okay. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll only allow, I'm allowed that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, and Edie has these smoothies, that are, you know, sugar laden. And she was like, well, I'll, I'll save them then for the weekend. And I, you know, and I said, we're going to exercise every morning before we do anything. And uh, and I let them write, write the day as well. At that point, our school wasn't set up to, to go online so we didn't have a kind of check-in which we have this time around um so i said to them you know we are still doing school but you can write the day you know what do you think going to be interesting and what so they wrote a day each and um what was interesting was that my little girl actually we had a bit of a gap on tuesday afternoon say and i said to her, what do you want to do on your tuesday afternoon if we've done our maths we've done our english did crafts on monday football on wednesday you know all this and yeah. she said um well, how about on Tuesday afternoons? We just kind of sit in the garden and um, have a hot chocolate and talk about how we are. My <laughs> way, went, skip. I know. <laughs> I said, do you know what? That's brilliant. We'll call that well-being. Yeah. So we'll have a well-being Tuesday, and we'll do that. Um, so yeah, we we were really quite um, routine is everything for me for mental health. It really mm. is, and and so we were quite tough on that for the first first lockdown. And we're doing it again now. Actually, we're we're a bit more relaxed about it. But you know, they're not allowed on their devices now until half three because they wouldn't if they were at normal school, mm-hmm. and so they've got to occupy themselves if they finish their schoolwork. And um, and luckily, they're creative, so they are. But yeah, it's been it's been hard, hasn't it? I yeah. Think for-
0: I mean, how, how do you think that your kids have been doing in terms of not being able to I guess, communicate with their friends and having that social? Because like, that I that, that worries me. The fact we're gonna have these kids going back into into schools or you know, I guess your kids are probably were they probably nine, ten years old or eleven, yeah. Eleven. So they're going into secondary school is, is, is kind of yeah, they kinda missed that will first. Do, po- so yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they've got, they'll kind of you know going into that a bit like going into a new environment thinking I haven't had this experience properly for a while it's going to be a great weird time for all kids I really
1: yeah I think all kids but there are going to be certain years that will be really impacted by this Mm. you know I think I think the the year sevens who had like you say literally just started at a new school maybe Mm. haven't had a chance to establish friendship circles maybe it's completely new school so it, it must be a lonely time for them all teenagers I mean there's so many places you want to be out doing and you know people to see and your feelings are all 10 times stronger aren't they when you're an adolescent um I really feel for you know I've got some friends whose kids are now year 11 and 13 and they're not they're not going to get to do their exams and I think our immediate feeling to that as older people is to Mm go oh I bet you're all really glad you haven't got to do your exams but actually I can see the majority of them are gutted because, you know, that's the end of your school years that you've been in since you were five. It's your chance to, it's what you've all been geared up towards. And some people, a lot of them who've worked really hard would love that chance to show what they can do and how far they've come and to sort of put a stamp on the end of that life of education they've been in. And they've been robbed of it. And I, I really feel for them. So I think, I think Edie and Fred in a year six, I think at the moment, you know, they've they're in not a bad year to be in, to be honest, because I think we can catch up on stuff that they've missed, and you know if there is anything, and and they haven't at least got what the years 7s 11s and 13s are really missing out and I keep saying to my friends with much younger kids you know if you were in Finland you wouldn't have started till you were seven years old so <laughs> you can't be tearing your hair out over what your five and six year old are learning at the moment you, you've got to just do your best haven't you
0: yeah no, absolutely when it was that sort of re- relaxation of rules did you able to were, Did you go out much with the kids or, at all like when we we're able to do a little bit more again
1: yeah we did we had um, we were in tier 2 here as well up towards christmas mm-hmm. which which was near their birthdays so uh, we did them alpine birthdays so we just did out, outdoor ones and i did a chocolate fondue and we had a, a log thing and i just said to their friends you have just got to wrap up mega warm because mm-hmm. you know you're going to be outside for 2 hours so they at least got to you know have a bit of a birthday there and yeah we did meet friends outside um you know a problem with our age actually is that all our Friends have got kids as well, so you, it was quite difficult to all get together because because of the rule of six and it not not including kids like it did in Scotland. So, you know, we were able to go out in shifts and see people, but um, it's just been a very strange year. I'm really sociable, you know. I, I over plan stuff actually. My husband is always saying to me, can we just have a weekend where you haven't invited 14 <laughs> people for Sunday dinner, you know? Um, so yes, it's been particularly quiet, which has been a whole mentally again and mm-hmm. whole new thing for somebody like me to learn. I am the sort of person that surrounds myself by people and keeps busy. And so learning to sort of keep calm with that peace around you is, yeah. is a different thing isn't it for some people
0: yeah it is we're just going into different different environments like I think when it was the summer and the you know we had the rules relaxed and stuff um just after the first lockdown so you know going into like waterstones and you, know, you had, so it was hot so I had my sunglasses on and a cap on but I had the mask on as well you sort of feel like Michael Jackson going around in a shop just like you know <laughs> browsing through the books yeah very strange experience just seeing some of these these shops that you're you going in
1: and you kind of get a bit nervous as well. I think that's going to be a strange thing to get used to when we are all allowed back out again. You know, I was, I went for a walk yesterday with a friend. We were allowed to meet a friend outside for exercise. So we met halfway between our houses for a, a, a big loop walk around near Adderbury. Mm. Um, but because it was a weekend, it was Sunday, Everybody was out doing it because that's all anybody could do, isn't yeah. it? And there was, you know, we were keeping two metres apart, the two of us, because neither of us have seen anyone. We're both homeschooling and, you know, we're both the elderly parents. And it's just you know, there wasn't any need to be next to each other because we we're walking outside. But um, we kept meeting or passing people. And actually, it was the busiest I'd been around for, for since before Christmas. Yeah. And I said to her, isn't it ridiculous? I'm actually feeling a bit edgy and nervous just being around... People that are walking, out walking. I mean, what mm. am I going to be like when we're back in a big sort of shopping centre or, you know, go to the theatre again and you're sitting in a crowd? It's going to feel really strange, mm.
0: isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Do, do you worry about theatre a little bit, just the future of them as well? Like going of yeah. post-Covid?
1: Yes, I think it's I think it's really... Um, I just... I can't think about it too deeply, you know, because it, would, it, it makes me well up the thought that if you'd have said mm. a few years ago there's going to come a time... In your age, where all the theatres will be closed across the land mm-hmm. for over a year, uh, it, it, it's like um, back in the Dark Ages, you know. And it's 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 I, it would be beyond me to even mm. imagine that that was possible. And I think um, again, I'm a positive person, so rather than kind of you know, we we know where the faults are there and how there is a. Huge lack of support for a lot of people who were self-employed in though in, in my industry. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a lot of forgotten people. Um, luckily, filming is back up and running, and and radio and podcasts are all managing like we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but the theatre, um, what we have to remember is it's it's the most creative place. So you know, roll on summer and spring because. We can, well, you've already seen, there are people putting theatre shows on online. You can still buy a ticket. You can go along in its own way. Mm-hmm. We, you know, it's we are a creative force and an industry. So if anybody can think of ways to try and survive this and come through the other side, it's the theatre industry. But um, it definitely could do with a lot more support. And I, you know, I had tickets booked to go in January, January the 2nd, to go into a COVID-safe production of Christmas Carol. The girl that was playing my daughter, Renee senders was in it, Jack Josser. So I had I tickets going... to this as
0: well. I was going to go because uh, Matt, Matt Willis was in it, wasn't he? And um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, great, I was going to
0: get. Uh, yeah, I was going to go. And uh, I think it was the, the week after or something when they were back open. And yeah, it was. They did, they did like yeah. one show, didn't they, or something like that. And it got.
1: Like they, they did the press night for sure, yeah. and I don't know how many more after that. And then I was booked to go with Jake, who played my husband in these senders as well. So we yeah. were all going to go with our families and see each other and, and go there. ugh oh, we didn't even make that, did we? And you mm. know. Uh, so no, I can't wait for theatres to reopen again, and uh, but I'm I am concerned that a, a lot of them won't survive. Yeah. Until I mean, that point.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, we mentioned EastEnders, so I suppose we have to talk about EastEnders. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how was it like when you first got that? Did it take when you got sort of offered the part in EastEnders? Did it take a while to decide that you want to do it? Because I guess there's that sort of fear that you can get pigeoned into it a little bit. Um, but yeah. like. Or, or was it something that you know you slap your hand off when the senders calls you go running, or did it take a bit of thinking to do it or not?
1: Yeah, I did. Um, I did. I did say no to the audition twice because okay. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't sure about doing it um, because I had been in a show for three years before that, only for six months of each year. But once you're in contract with a show, you're you're not able to do anything else, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I do, so I felt a bit like I hadn't, I'd only just come out of one contract from No Angels for three years. And I hadn't really had a look around and a play. So I wasn't really ready to go into another long contract. So that was my response the first time they called. And then they called back and said, well, just come and meet the producer for a chat. That's all, just a chat. And I remember my agent saying to me, well, listen, this is the BBC, we can't mess them about. If you don't want to do the job, we have to say now, um, because we don't want to let anyone down. So we did actually get back and say, look, we don't want to muck anyone around, but we're not sure we have do the job. So we'll just leave it there. And they said, no, no, it's fine. We all understand you might not want to do the job, just come in and meet. So, so we went and met and it, you know, it kind of snowballed on from there really, because yeah, because then, you get offered it and then when you've been a job in actor you start going oh actually I could pay my mortgage off maybe in a few <laughs> years and I could you know it, these things it would be stupid this is a job I've trained to do it's um it was a great family brilliant storylines at the time and really lovely producer Kate Harwood great great people so I thought and actually what was lovely as well by then was that By then, people like Sarah Lancashire, who had been in Corrie for years, uh, and Saran Jones was leaving Corrie and doing really well. Catherine Kelly was, you know, going in at the same time as me, actually. But, you know, I remember thinking it doesn't necessarily have to pigeonhole you anymore. This, Mm -hmm. The industry is shifting. Things are changing. People understand that, you know, you haven't got to just be that one person forever. So I just have to go in knowing that I intend to work when I come out and carry on and I won't be pigeonholed and you, you do have to make some choices sometimes to make sure that doesn't happen but uh it is doable so that's mm-hmm.
0: good that's good yeah and like you say you've had, you had some amazing storylines didn't you from uh burying Max alive to the whole Max <laughs> and Stacey thing to uh then I mean just Tanya I guess she went through quite a lot a lot of tragic stuff so I guess when you you probably get the question all the time are you going to go back to EastEnders? But at the same time, you're thinking, well, why would Tanya go back? Because she's had to deal with so much trauma on the square. You kind well, of feel like, "I don't. Want, she wouldn't want you to stay away.
1: I know. I know. I did a podcast the other day. It was slightly embarrassing, really, because I haven't... It is a, about, I don't know, is it nine years ago I left? Yeah, Eight years? Like I mean, it's that. a long time, yeah. right? So, yeah. um, And I haven't been keeping up with the show, so... Mm-hmm. It was a bit awkward because I was going, well, I'm sure sure she's really happy and I hope she's having a great time. And the guy <laughs> went, mm, I think she's been, uh, I think she's in an asylum. <laughs> I was like, what? I think she had a Oh, I, did.
0: I didn't know that. Is uh, she to be no, in
1: exactly. We oh, don't wow. know. I mean, I might be wrong, but oh, okay. you see, it all goes on in phone calls, doesn't it? But ah, who
0: knows?
1: Okay. So maybe well, I can't go back.
0: <laughs> yeah maybe maybe uh you'll be out on parole or something from the... but that's
1: what years of misery does to you, you well exactly
0: yeah you know she's had to from a step done for step stepson falling off the victor her daughter's falling off the the pub as well like yeah you no know, not the not the number one place you'd want to go back to i think <laughs> um how so how was it you, you first got into got into acting
1: oh i don't know i just um had been doing it since i was a kid really and i think um I just, I just always knew I wanted to do it. Uh, oh. There used to be a thing on telly called Let's Pretend when I was little. And um, I, I used to watch it at lunch break when I must have been about five uh, from school. And I remember thinking, that's what I want to do for a living. I want to do Let's Pretend. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so I did, yeah, I did know from primary school, I geared everything towards that because that's what I wanted to do. And I don't, I can't, explain why really i just knew that i used to sort of you know and then as i got older people's dads were being made redundant and you know in the 80s was and i remember thinking when the recession hit and i i just thought why not why not take a risk because if i was standing on the tube and there were all these really tired looking men in their pinstripe suits coming home and i thought bet you can't wait to play golf at the weekend Mm -hmm. and i thought well, that is my golf, you know, that my, the thing I would do for free, the thing I love doing is acting and drama and theatre. And so if you, if I said to you, you could get paid to go and play your golf at the weekend, <laughs> you'd think you were the luckiest person alive, of right? Course, so yeah. if, I, if I can make a living out of acting, then I'm going to be the luckiest person alive. That And I just thought that's the plan. And if I'm not making a living out of it, then I'll have to try something else
0: that's fine <laughs> yeah and so was that something even as a school kid that you would just it really enjoyed doing like drama yeah. and all that yeah
1: drama and also theater and English you know English literature I loved reading all the novels I loved pulling a novel apart and the psychology of you know why people do things and what they were thinking and why you know all of that I love
0: hmm what were your influences, I suppose, like when you were younger on TV, whether it be um, actors that you admired or shows that, you know, something that got you hooked, yeah. I guess.
1: Um, I loved watching anything Alison Steadman was in, anything that mm. uh, Julie Walters did when I was younger, you know. um, And yeah, I mean... I, I think I, there wasn't anything I didn't used to watch and think, I wish I was in that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I wish I was doing that, you know. Um, and, you know, we live near Stratford, don't we? So we mm-hmm. did get to see a, a lot of great shows and a lot of bad ones, you know, but they feed you just as much. They're just as interesting to write about and to sort of, you know, inspire you in, a, in their own way, aren't they?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Did you ever do any Shakespeare, like theatre-wise or...? When you were...
1: I haven't done any classical theatre, I've only ever done no. new modern writing in theatre and, you know, Edinburgh Fringe and things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, the Shakespeare is, uh, I can imagine you did a bit of Shakespeare, Actually, obviously you do Shakespeare in half way. Oh, I but... did
1: it at drama school. Did
0: it drama school, yeah. yeah. No, I did a bit of Shakespeare when I was 18 and they had to wear the tights there as well. Like as eighteen, I'm wearing those tights, yeah, not not uh, not the fun funniest. And <laughs> um, mm. so, have you have you ever thought about doing any any sort of writing? I guess sort of like as well as acting. Have you sort of I guess like this year? I guess you've had the opportunity if you wanted to ever do any st- step back and have a think about any writing or anything.
1: Um, yeah, I think uh I have thought about it. I think most mm. actors think about it at some point. I'm I'm definitely a good editor. I'm good at editing scripts and finding clear paths through them and, and cutting out the, the rubbish but um yeah I have had a go at writing I think I'm more likely to write uh, a book than a than tv or a script um but to be honest I thought I'd have more time in the pandemic to, to look at those things but when you have got two kids hmm. and uh the husband's working it, I haven't had as much time as I thought I need like a room of one's own like Virginia Woolf really to, um, to really get stuck into it. But I think about it, but, you know, there's amazing writers out there. I'd rather work and be an actor for one of the brilliant writers <laughs> that yeah. are already doing it because, you know, you do watch stuff, don't you? And read stuff and think, yeah, I, no. they, I definitely can't do better than that.
0: Yeah. Oh, well how about the Shakespeare and Hathaway show that you've done I mean how did that that was something I guess a bit different to, to stuff that you've done before like how was that whole experience filming in Stratford as well like I've been around with Stratford um when you've been filming there people to, all talking about it locally and stuff and they seem uh, to, to really love it I guess that whole experience of the show itself has it been really fun for you
1: I've loved that show yeah that show um we all love making that show. We have such a good time, genuinely. Um, We've really missed each other this year. We were due to be filming, God, I don't even know whether we're on the third or the fourth series, fourth series this year, uh, from September. And we couldn't sadly because of COVID. Um, So yeah, I've really missed it actually, because we were all geared up with some great ideas for stories and, you know, it's light and it's, I think it is just the sort of thing you want to watch at the moment. I don't know about you, but every time we come to sit down in the evenings, finding it really hard to watch anything too heavy or too serious, because we've already got that going on in life, haven't we? Um, so Shakespeare and Hathaway does fill that spot really. It's quite fun. And um, and the kids like watching it in their lunch break. <laughs> Just came down earlier and heard the music and went, oh, is that me? And they're like, yeah, we're watching the first ever one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, you're right. It was very strange to film locally because yeah. um, there are we film in some beautiful places and some really great estates and fancy houses so some of them have been really lovely to look in because like I've driven past the driveways and gone oh I wonder what's down there all these years <laughs> and then suddenly I know what's down there now I'm there filming and uh it's beautiful as you know it's just stunning oh, yeah. around here the countryside so it is really lovely to get all that down for posterity really
0: yeah yeah, no, it's a beautiful uh, estates and stuff around around Stratford Way. Have you have you been have you been? I guess you, I'm, you, I'm sure you've been there. Have you seen like the Shakespeare grave you have in the Stratford Church? Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, there's I think there's all these myths about the Shakespeare skull. I don't know if you've heard any of these myths about no. Shakespeare's skull. Okay, and I hope this story is true. But I went there once. So the guy there's the like, guy that works at the church, sort of collect, does the collections as you go into tourists and stuff. And he's, there's all, there was this program about Shakespeare's skull and whether it's actually in. The grave, because there was apparently grave robbers back in the day, you know, uh, get, yeah. a, get a lot of money first. You know, Shakespeare was famous, so that was the there was a there was this program about um finding Shakespeare's skull and whether it was um true or not. This story, and they, they they tried scanning it because they won't dig up the grave because there's like a like a rhyme or something on Shakespeare's grave saying, you know, don't move my bones and all this, but they're trying to figure it out. And there's this church nearby, I think it's towards Coventry, that claim that they have Shakespeare's skull there. So they took the skull from this Coventry church, and they scanned it, and it was like a woman in her seventies. The skull, so it's like, well, that's that can't be right. But they, but the guy, <laughs> the guy at the church said in the in the panic, where these robbers took the the skull and claimed that they'd moved it to this other church, um, there's this theory that they actually took the wrong skull and they took Anne Hathaway's skull.
1: Uh... Ooh, so it's, it's yeah
0: yeah it's it's almost like comedic There was a channel uh program that channel floor did and it's just so comedic just thinking of these grave robbers, robbers like because if they would have got caught they would have been hung back in those days yeah you hit hear the panic it's like oh, i think there's a skull here like uh, do i take it do i take they're coming they're coming just take just grab it just grab yeah and they took <laughs> and they've took the they potentially took shakespeare's wife's skull rather than <laughs> rather oh, than his dear. skull
1: poor Anne hathaway poor hey. Anne
0: hathaway i know right <laughs> so what was your experiences at drama school like like um was it like because a a lot of people that I spoke to like they have different stories to tell either love the experience or sometimes it they've had like been quite scarred and then a lot of people just say like I feel like I need therapy after drama school you know I don't know what was was your experience like
1: uh I loved drama school I Mm. did love it um yeah it does pull you apart a bit because -hmm. you've got to examine everything and and a good drama school will then build you back up again before you go back out there and make you feel invincible. Um, but I know, like you, I know some people who've had bad experiences. At drama school certainly haven't come flying out into the industry feeling like they could could conquer the world, and um, that's a shame because mm. there was a, a supreme confidence that we all had leaving that place. Where I, I remember thinking, I wish I could bottle this feeling because you just feel so scared, you become really brave. There's like this point where you either you know, sink or swim, isn't it? And mm-hmm. there's so much to worry about, and it's all so scary that you might as well just jump off the cliff and put your arms out and see what happens. So um, I had a great time. We had great training. What we did at Welsh College at the time, which was really lovely, was that in the third year of your training, you ran like a repertory theatre. So the people who were doing a degree in costume or set design or stage management or directing, we all came together and created a theatre, really uh for all intents and purposes that then just did show after show after show for a year and i remember one of our tutors saying you know you're going out somewhere where you may never work again you may not work much you may work constantly but just remember this is the last this may be the last year that you work back to back doing shows all year so just enjoy every second and make most of it and um i think we really did we had a great time and it um it's a really brilliant place, Welsh College. I'm sure it still is now. It's a much fancier building. It's got royal status now, so it's a conservatoire. So it's a lot fancier than it was when we were there. I don't know how we've got anything done, though, because we did have a bar in the middle of the college. Oh, wow. In, well, that's in the, the building.
0: trouble. <laughs>
1: in the building. Can you believe it? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how we got anywhere or we did anything, but somehow we did. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, What's it like? I guess you haven't had to worry about it too much this last year, but I guess when you're out and about, whether it would be Banbury or Stratford and stuff I imagine you get stopped a lot you know people want to want to speak to, to go Tanya is it I don't know how often it would happen for you but like can it get a bit much sometimes or do you embrace it Or was there just like moments where they've just picked the wrong time where you're with your kids and your family and stuff and you're just like come on or is it usually all positive and nice or
1: you're right I think round here uh, I mean lately sorry yeah. it's been great because we've all got masks on so I haven't had yeah. any of it. <laughs> because no one can really tell um so that's all right um and locally you know where i always go the places Mm -hmm. i always go they're used to seeing me so no nobody bothers me there Mm -hmm. um and generally i think i've got friends who've played baddies or you know blokes who it's a lot harder for a bloke to look quite different to, yeah. he does, to how they do on screen, than a, a woman, you know, I'm a lot scruffier than most of the people I play. Um, uh, so I, I think it's, I know they've had hard times sometimes, but um, for me, because generally I've played some really nice characters, people that people like, like Luella, mm-hmm. but then... Uh, everybody generally is quite nice and you know and friendly so it's not an issue and in fact when I'm working in Manchester or I'm living in London it actually makes because I'm a local girl from the village and from the countryside I'm used to people saying hello to me when they walk past even before all this you know because that's just what you do isn't it in the countryside so I remember you know when I first came on regularly on EastEnders in London I was living near Bayswater and and it made the place a lot friendlier. I really liked it because suddenly, you know, the guy who I'd been seeing every day in the co-op who couldn't care less <laughs> was constantly, oh, hello, how are you? were really friendly. I was thinking, oh, I could have had this friendliness that you get in the countryside all along if only I'd known. Um, mm-hmm. So, no, it doesn't bother me. There are always times and weird incidents where people, I think the worst one is when you're in restaurants and you're eating out with your family. Yeah, nobody be... really wants to be photographed or filmed secretly because I mean apart it's the mobile phones really it's a weird thing that seems to have happened quietly over the years that it's suddenly all right just to spy on people and if you actually just stop and think about it it's weird if somebody Mm -hmm. just if you noticed that you were eating your dinner and suddenly you noticed that someone was filming you and your kids secretly you'd feel a bit creeped out. It's just a bit pervy. So nobody minds coming, you know, somebody coming up and going, can we have a photo and having a chat? That's all fine. But doing it secretly is really a bit weird. And it it does creep the kids out. You know, they just are like, why? Why is that person doing that? And I just can't explain. I go, I don't know. I don't no, know why.
0: Yeah, there's like, you know, there's a, there's a way to do it, isn't there? There's a way, it's finding the right opportunity to, if you want to go over to someone and talk to them. And, you know the right opportunity, be polite, but not to do all this kind of, like, big brother stuff, like, you know, I see you, yeah. I see you, you know, it's it's a bit like that, it's, it's one time, I mean, I, I don't, I imagine I don't get it half as much as you, but I was on a, I was going, on a train to London once, and a kid there that's read one of my books, children's books and stuff, um, was one of his parents, and, you know, the I was on the train from Banbury to London, and I, I was kind of a bit like, you know, I'm just looking forward to just... You know, I hadn't slept. <laughs> I'm one of those people that can sleep on the train because you know too much. lucky you. Uh, <laughs> and, um, but yeah, some of this, this mum and a kid came over and was just like, oh, you know, he's a, he's got one of your books, do you mind? You know, and I was like, of course, yeah, I have a photo, answer questions, sign his book. Brilliant. And then, but then they wanted to, so it's like a, what, a 55 minute journey to London, Marlborough. They wanted to sit with me <laughs> and just like, and it's just a bit like, you know, it can get a bit like, yeah. do you get people that just want, that ex- want a bit more for you than you're willing to give sometimes and you've got a kind well, of Well, sometimes polite.
1: i mean really it just depends doesn't it sometimes it's because yeah you've got work to do and so you can't mm. sit and have that chat for the two hours from manchester <laughs> yeah. or, or or you know you might be um hung in mm-hmm. the supermarket and really you know it's hard yeah. enough getting around it without having to chat but you know it's not their fault is it as long as they're being friendly i suppose i i have yeah you just have to say, I'm really sorry, I've got some work to do, but it was really nice to meet you, don't you? And move it along and hope that they don't take offence and turn on you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Uh, I mean, so how um, have you been, have you been watching any sort of series or anything during lockdown? Have you you been Netflixed in or (laughs) out or?
1: Well, do you know what? we gutted that, you know, that we haven't got the new Succession and the new Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And some of the ones that we were really looking forward to the next series of obviously haven't been able to film either. So it's a shame that we haven't got more of that to watch um, because they're brilliant. We just finished The Crown. So we're, mm. we are looking for more stuff to watch, actually. We think we might do The Serpent. Somebody said to me The Serpent yesterday. Oh, um, so yeah, we have. we have, we've watched, quite a bit, but maybe not as much as you think, really, because yeah, not as much as I ever think. I It must be nice to just sort of have the time, mustn't it? But yeah, I think we're at that, because the kids are at that funny age of 11 where we're just about now able to watch all the 12 films, so a whole load of new films have opened up to us, which is Mm -hmm. good, but we tend to all watch the telly together, so that kind of limits some of the the more kind of cool box sets that we might have been watching. So we can't really start on them until the kids are out of the way at half <laughs> nine, ten. We we'll just finished coming down for a, the fourth time and, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what, what comedies is it that your are Do you have favourite comedies whether have been past or present that you, that you used to really enjoy watching? Like Vicar and uh, and all that. I used, to, I used to watch um, Ab Fab. I used to
1: love oh, Ab Fab. Ab Fab I, yeah. might, I might go and revisit that while we're in lockdown. Um, and uh, we're... Constantly, I tell you what's got us through lockdown yeah. has been modern family. We're I love modern
0: family, I love uh, it. And it's we it's, it's, it's laugh stopped recently. Out loud. Yeah, Stop Recently, I think that's so brilliantly done, and just the the dynamics are great, such great writing, such
1: great characters, and they're always so consistent with their characters, Mm -hmm. and the American sitcoms, it's like that with Friends actually, because they've got so many writers on it, you know, and they've got, they're great with the history on it, so we have watched every series of Modern Family at some point, because again, we can watch it with the kids, and we have, you know, my husband is Phil Dunphy, so the kids find that hilarious. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: So, yeah, we, we, that's got us through, I think, Modern Family, yeah. in terms of comedy.
0: Well, the US, are already, they're always remaking our stuff. I think we, we need a UK version of Modern Family. You could be the Claire Dumphy of Modern oh, Family. God, wouldn't that wouldn't, be great? That would be great. She's a really great character, I think, as well, Claire. Oh, I She's, think
1: they're all great. I'd yeah. like to be Gloria, but, you know, we'd Gloria. need somebody else's body. But I could definitely do that shout, shouting and screaming. <laughs> the shouting, I
0: mean, yeah. And just see how yeah, she gets muddles but, up her you know, phrases. My,
1: my favourite, I can't choose favourite, but I, I'd really want to play Cam.
0: Cam <laughs> oh yeah he's uh he's oh so yeah. great. he's great yeah um yeah some of his quotes are just amazing and the, the yeah. you know when he's Stella. like shouting shout Stella I found the part I was yeah. born to play uh yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's great I mean I mean what you know some sad news we did have recently was the passing of obviously Barbara Windsor um I mean what was it like just to to work with her and be on set with her
1: she's um yeah, she's a legend, Barbara. And you know what? It's not just because she's she's gorgeous and warm and friendly and talented and generous, but she's it's she's also you know she's the harder things as well. Mm. She she was feisty and strong and you know um, and a, an Brilliant businesswoman, actually. You know, she knew her business. She she had all the papers every day. She mm. knew what everyone was doing. She knew who everybody was, um, you know. And she was one of the loveliest welcomes I had when I joined Eastenders. She was always warm to me. And sometimes we'd share a car home because I didn't live far from her in Maribo. Um, and she would get cars, so she would let me jump in with her and the driver and have a big gossip. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and i've got nothing but lovely memories of of working with barbara and uh i'm just so glad that she had uh, scott in her life for all those years because they were such a great team and he is uh he's a brilliant man scott he's particularly funny <laughs> mm-hmm. he's got a really great sense of humor and um yeah, I, I, he, I can't imagine what the next few years are going to be like for him. But he's mm. he's got a really great family and some really, really lovely friends around him. He's got a lot of support. So, um, yeah, it is. It's incredibly sad. It's incredibly sad that her last years had to be spent in, w- with such a cruel illness. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it is. And, yeah, it's sad.
0: Yeah. Was the last time that you saw her, was that when you were last on EastEnders, or did you get to keep in contact?
1: Oh no, I saw her actually, do you know, my last outing before lockdown this March. Oh really? Okay. Uh, So it was just before we locked down and I went up to London to go and see a friend, Amy Lee Hickman, who I was in Ackley Bridge with. And... Uh, her and a group of friends, and we were going out for the night to the arts club, and we did. We had a really good night out, and we had a really good dance and a really good meal and stuff. And that was the last night out I ended up ever having this year. Um, But uh, before, in the afternoon, I said to Scott, you know, I am nearby and I've got nothing on. Can I hop in and see you? So I went round and uh, I had a cup of tea with Barbara and Scott, and um, they had another friend, good friend of the family there. Uh, as well and so that was the last time I saw Barbara yeah and um you know she had obviously changed quite a lot since the last time I saw her um but she was she looked great and she was obviously being very well cared for by Scott uh so yeah I did see her this year actually not Mm -hmm. not long before lockdown
0: yeah and the, the way she um the way that Peggy, I suppose, her character left EastEnders was such such a an, an emotional scene just seeing you know Pat, um, you know Pat there and you know in spirit with Peggy. And but I, I kind of I think it was really nice how how Peggy went out. You know, obviously, you know it was just she kind of went out on her own ter- her own terms and how she sort of stayed true to her character and the way she wanted to to leave. You know, I thought that was a really poignant way for Peggy to to leave the square and sort of yeah, very very nice moment not a horrific you know East Endery kind of death it was just nice a nice way for Peggy to go out I felt hmm. yeah um so anyway what um have you been doing s- since EastEnders in-, in general you know uh, any more theatre and stuff going on I mean, obviously yeah what half- are
1: you saying what have I been doing well, sh- <laughs> <eight> years? <laughs> well yeah
0: basically sh- sh- I mean, sh- 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 Shakespeare in half- halfway Mount that's Pleasant
1: that's just the most recent one so I yeah. came out of that and I did um first thing I did was a comedy for Sky I think called Trying Again with Chris Addison uh, Simon Blackwell brilliant brilliant writer uh, who uh, writes breeders at the moment um, for Sky and then uh, I did quite a few things didn't I and then I don't know when Ackley Bridge started about five years ago I think I did Ackley Bridge the Channel 4 um, which has been Brilliant, and was really lovely to work back with Sinatra Sarka on that. And it is quite an important piece. It's a good show. It's moved to Netflix now, so it's really nice because during lockdown, it's kind of inherited a, a new audience and some of the younger people that should have been watching it the first time around actually, who were possibly more on Netflix than they were on Channel Four at the time, have, have really started enjoying it. So I'm getting some really nice sort of delayed feedback from from that. Um, so I finished filming that this year in March. got locked down so we'd sort of filmed a bit in March and then a bit in in October um and then yeah Shakespeare and Halfway has been the other side of the year so I've been doing those two shows for the last four years either side of the year really um so this year has been the quietest for me the most time I've ever ever spent at home and the the least I've ever worked Mm. it's very strange since I was 16 you know so it's it's bizarre, isn't it? It must be like oh, that yeah. for a lot of people who've never stopped, you know, who have it, been has been like, or
0: has it been nice to have that time out to kind of like reflect and take that time out though? It has Although, been really you know, nice. Yeah.
1: It's been really nice for sure. But um and I'm lucky my husband's a teacher, so we've we've had somebody working in the house. But um and it's definitely been great to be around for the kids and to be around to home school and all that, for sure. We've had some really great moments during lockdown. But I am now at that point where I'm, I'm starting filming again in a few weeks' time for something for a, a new Netflix thing, and uh, nice. it's a bit like. Do you remember when you used to leave school and you'd have the summer holidays, and you'd be going back in September, and you'd start to think, oh, "What if I can't write? What if I've forgotten how to write?" <laughs> I feel a forget bit how to like,
0: hold um, a pencil or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm slightly worried that I might have forgotten how to do my job because it mm. feels like such a long time since uh, I think I finished Actly in October. So yeah, it will be the longest break I've ever had yeah. um so I'm um, yeah as long as I can do it again but god a bit scared that I yeah. might not be able to
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, do, do you miss playing Tanya do, you, do do you miss her like her as a person no no
1: no I think um it's it's most fun to play things that are really different to yourself
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: that's the fun part and um there was a lot of sort of mumsiness about Tanya that was quite similar to me and she sort of put up with so much from, I think I'd sort of done as much as I could there, really. As, in terms of characters I've played and parts I've done, it's not the one that I've most enjoyed. They're always mm-hmm. ones that are so different from what you do like normally. Patty Edwards Patti yeah, Edwards. And, yeah, and, and that yeah, look different and that mm-hmm. you kind of feel like you've really inhabited in a different kind of way. And and that you have a bit more ownership over. You can never really own a character in a soap because you're you're at the mercy of wherever the story's going next, you know. Which is a brilliant thing. It's the thing that soap does brilliantly. So, um, no, I don't. I don't miss playing her.
0: No, <laughs> it sounds like you need to get you in a comedy but it sounds like a modern family style comedy. It oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, wouldn't everyone like to be in something like that? You're right. Wouldn't it be nice to do a, have a version? But you see, you've got to have that faith in the in the writing and. Uh, we've got such brilliant writers here but i think a lot of people interfere don't they so many cooks yes yeah, yeah, and we and we don't have the money to throw at it that america have got that's the thing
0: yeah we don't really remake american stuff do we it's always the other way around they remake we stuff. don't
1: because they have 13 writers you know i would yeah. you remember when they were writing friends they'd have 13 writers and then they'd have writers there on the day in front of the live audience and if the mm-hmm. gag didn't land they'd write it rewrite it there and then mm-hmm. refilm it so that everything landed you know and that's a really expensive process that we we just don't do here and we we find it hard to hold on to our writers you know i yeah. feel for the soaps and stuff you know because they find some brilliant brilliant writers and they nurture them all the way through and then they can't afford to keep them <laughs> <laughs> you know
0: yeah that's it well stuff like you know stuff like Modern Family is brilliant because it doesn't have to I like you know comedies that don't have to be controversial or swear or anything like that they like, can just take day-to-day life. that's why I like Peter Kay he can just take everyone's yeah. day-to-day stuff and just be funny like yeah. you know, same as
1: um... Jason Manford and Michael McIntyre yeah they, those yeah. guys
0: yeah they don't you know I know you get Little Britain and you know and, and Little Britain and um you know and some comedians that are you know, they can offend, offend to be funny, I suppose. You know, they don't have a line. Frankie Boyle, for example, or someone like that. You know, they, Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, you know, they don't mind what they say as long as it gets the laugh. But I think, you know, yeah. if, if you can be funny without... You know, I think um, Angela It's Griffin much cleverer,
1: said, isn't
0: it? Yeah, you said punching up rather than punching down, you know, punching down at people. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, yeah, I think, you know, Modern Family is a great one of those shows that just, it's just you yeah, know, just is what it is, isn't it? And you can just it's relate to structurally, it.
1: structurally, it's structurally <laughs> so good, isn't it? Every episode, the way they bring them round. They've just got, they take one tiny brilliant theme and then they just weave it throughout an episode yeah. so well.
0: Yeah. And they not just make you laugh, but make you cry as well. There's that bit where like, I think, like, Haley's like, struggling to get through to her dad, and she's worried that her dad's, like, disappointed in her and stuff, and, you know, she's going off with some guy, some jeans salesman or something, and he's like, no, I'm going I'm going after her, like, this little game of chicken yeah. work for you and your dad, Claire, but that's my, you know, and, like, she hears that, and she, like, starts, you know, bawling and stuff, and yeah, some really beautiful moments in Modern Family. Hmm. We, need, we, need, we need someone to do it. And like I said, you need to play Claire Dunphy. I can see it happening. <laughs> Even Jason Manford or something, that would work brilliantly. <laughs> that
1: would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, It'd it would be, be. a good
0: Dumphy, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know, I suppose you do know, you have your little um, following on Instagram. That They've messaged me. I know you're coming on. Um, oh, the the Joe Joiner, the... Uh, I can't remember the username exactly now, but yeah, you know, I'm sure you're aware that the Joe the jo Joiner Instagram. There's a little fan, group, and there's a
1: few, few of them uh, uh, girls, and they're they're just fantastic. They're really lovely. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. It must be really nice for you to because yeah, they're they're constantly you know posting the photos of of, of you and the updates and you know how much you you inspire them so yeah that's really really nice they find
1: stuff I've never seen before it's very strange yeah
0: (laughs) you're like when was that photo (laughs) I know
1: and it's sweet because they'll go to me when's that show coming out you know I'll I'll just film something and they'll go when's it coming on and I I think to myself well I just I don't know yet but I also know that you will know before me (laughs) you can go see I sometimes find out from my super fans when the show's cut, airing <laughs> I'll say to my agent you know it's on it's on, on the 21st of January did you know no I didn't know how do you know that well, just saw it on my fans page yeah. oh right yeah,
0: yeah. They, they gave me but a few li- questions they're like
1: little detectives they should be on Shakespeare oh yeah situation.
0: yeah well they gave me a few questions to ask you Like, I hope that I've answered got, got covered them all for, for them oh yeah should we yeah should we check yeah should we check hmm. I think one of them was what was your favourite subject at school but like I guess you you weren't really fun of. Well, you did enjoy maths because you had a great teacher, but it was... did your... enjoy
1: maths. English was my favourite, though. Yeah. Poetry and novels and English,
0: yeah. Yeah. Would you like to return to EastEnders one day? But, yeah, it doesn't sound like it's on the agenda right now, right?
1: I'll never say never, but, yeah, it's, it's not in the immediate.
0: Could yeah. do something
1: a bit more fun. Yeah. As What's... in, funny. Not <laughs> that EastEnders isn't fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, who is your favourite and least character to play? Your favourite and least favourite.
1: Oh, my least favourite character. that's a really good question isn't it but um but i think because essentially if i'm doing it i'm just grateful and happy to be doing it Mm. that i probably haven't listed any as not enjoying playing them there's definitely times when i think i haven't quite nailed it and so that that would sort of hang with me but i did do midsummer night's dream at college and i played hermia and i never quite did it the way I wanted to. Uh, so that kind of haunts me a little bit. I knew mm. that I, you know, I think if you play a lover in Shakespeare, you've got to find the character. And I, I played a lot more characters than I did lovers. So when I played a lover, I really wanted to put the character in it and find the humour and find her feisty bits and stuff. And it can be really difficult to do that with some of the, the romantic parts, especially in Shakespeare and the classical ones, because because on the surface, they can be a little bit mm, bland you know and Mm I I, yeah but uh so maybe I would would have could have done better with Hermia but apart from that I don't think there's anyone that I've played where I've gone oh this is just boring I need to leave and I don't like this Mm -hmm. because if there is I suppose you're maybe not doing your job properly maybe you need to look a bit deeper and find the good yeah. yeah the interesting bits don't you
0: yeah and I guess you probably really you're sold on a part before you take it right like you guess you, you have to yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah you do although having said that you know you can be sold apart and then by the time you come to film it they've rewritten it a million times <laughs> a, million, a million chefs have had a little poke at it and it's completely different to the one you accepted anyway so uh yeah. so it doesn't yeah it doesn't necessarily mean it's um a safe bet but yeah you do generally have an idea of what you're going mm. for
0: Joe, it's been a fantastic talking today. I like, you know, I hope you and your family stay safe and keep well. And hopefully, you know, hopefully we are seeing more from you in the very near future. so there we have it guys a really fun chat there with joe Joyner. really thanks big thanks to her for her time um that she gave to me for a chat um but yeah be sure to check us out on social media guys you can also follow joe on social media if you look up joe joiners um twitter facebook instagram but you can also follow us on social media as well we're on twitter at shapes of stories or you can follow me on twitter at lprestige 7 you can follow me on instagram under prestige books or on facebook under lawrence prestige or the shapes of stories um, yeah but guys thanks so much for tuning in thanks again to joe joiner looking forward to see what's next in her career like, wouldn't it be amazing if we got a uk version of modern family for those of you that might be fans of modern family like me and gerard Um, love that show i'd really love to see a take on it a uk take on it that'd be great um especially you know if they can make it sort of covid theme maybe as well like the families during i don't know i just sort of thinking out the box (laughs) a little bit now um but yes there we go um but yeah guys thanks so much for tuning in and i'll see you again next time